to you from the City of Roses. This is the broadcast by Last Professionals and for Last Professionals. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Today, we're excited to have Lorena Ashmore from Dear Lash Love come on and be on our show. Why are we having Lorena? This is our first time with she's with us. We've known her for a few years now, but she basically came on our show or we asked her to reach out to her because I been connected with her for last year through the pandemic and i saw many many changes in her life everything from changing her business she had surgery she got pregnant she got engaged her podcast beauty biz bffs had a big change in it that she didn't see coming and just so much change in her life and when things are going crazy and people get through those times. I'm always very intrigued to find out like what happened. How did you do it? How did you change? How did you survive? Because life is just full of change, right? Welcome to the real world. If you haven't, <laughs> haven't seen that yet, that's the, just the reality that we all live with. And most people don't like change. Most of us like things to be the same way or continue as they are or at least be predictable. But sadly, if COVID didn't teach you anything, nothing is predictable. Everything can change. So anyhow, with that said, I really appreciate Lorena and her honesty and openness. And she just shares about her journey over this last year and all these big changes and how she got through it. And hopefully, guys, you'll find some inspiration and encouragement from that. Before we get into the interview, real quick. Our usual announcements, guys. First, we're doing the podcast review, um, I guess, not competition, but I guess where you uh, basically go on Apple Podcasts, write a review, and give us, post it, and then screenshot it and send it to paul at lastcastpodcast.com, and you'll be entered into a drawing. I guess that's what it's a drawing. We're rewarding those who show us a lot of love. So we've been doing this every month now, and we'll continue to do this, and we're excited to give away this. So yeah, by the way, guys, we do get, you know, maybe 10, 15 reviews. So right now, man, it's like a one in 10 chance to win $200. Now I expect as time goes by, this might get bigger and better. But that said, right now, good chance. Why not do it? All right, next, Lashcast Insider Club, the coolest club on the planet. You definitely want to join. Go to the link in our show notes or go to our Instagram page. Go to the link there and sign up so you can get discounts to our trainings, our coaching, our conferences, our webinars, and everything. Okay? Also, guys, we have the Overcoming Lash Allergy Course currently for sale online you get the link in the show notes as well as if you go to instagram at lashcast podcast you can get a link there and you can pay only 59 dollars, guys for this course and it's available right away you can watch it now today and then in early may we're going to have two live q a's where we sit down with you and answer all your questions and we will literally stay there until we've answered all your questions last con tickets Sales go up up in May, so that's coming up really fast. In fact, a little too fast for me, but we'll get up in May. Also, guys, we if you want to be on our podcast, we need to hear from you. We would love to have our listeners and people who follow us be on our podcast. And the way you do that is email me at paul at lashcastpodcast.com and share me your story. Why do you want to be on the show? What is it about your story that people need to hear? You know, we want to tell stories that will encourage people, that will challenge people, that will uplift our industry somehow, or maybe something you thought new about our lash industry. Whatever it is, please email me. And then if we feel like it fits what we're looking for, we'll get back to you and let you know, and you can be on our podcast, hopefully in the next few months. Who knows? Also, our last retention and styling course is going to be up this week. It's Wednesday. I'm recording this. Uh, God willing, we'll have it up Thursday, Friday, and it's for May 22nd, 23rd. We just have five tickets to sell, guys, and I expect they will go pretty quickly, even with only a month, about five weeks to sell the course, guys. So it's uh, going to be exciting. You're going to learn Tustany's integrity bond, and it works for both 
basically volume as well as classic, but you need to be experienced. We're not looking for newbies. No offense, guys. If you've been doing this probably less than a year, you know, just wait a little bit. Your, your time will come. But for those of you who are looking for a new challenge and really want to learn how to get the best retention and also maybe approach styling a little bit differently than the way you're doing it now, this course is for you. All right, guys, that's all the announcements I have for you today. We now are going to get into our talk where we sit down with Lorena and talk about how she got through all the change of the last year. Hey everyone, welcome to Lashcast. We are in the studios here with actually a fellow podcaster and someone that we adore and have seen, gotten to know her the last few years. She actually came to our salon, I think, three years ago at the first time, <laughs> just a whim that we invited her. Welcome to the show, Lorena. Thank you. I don't remember who invited who, but I came and I toured the space and it was so fun meeting you guys. That was, I think that was probably three years ago. You did a thing on your Instagram. You said on Instagram, hey guys, I'm looking to tour some people, make some friends in the, in the yes. neighborhood. And so I responded and said, like, yeah, come me, on over. Pick yeah, pick me. Because <laughs> <laughs> we listen to your podcast and we're fans of everything you're doing. Love your clothing line. She sent me a shirt, which was very sweet. <laughs> I, it was my first last shirt I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And it was just really cool. He has cool. worn that thing out, let yeah, me tell you. Yeah, I have. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's, maybe I should get into men's lash tees. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. growing segment of our population. But anyway, yeah. if you guys don't know Lorena, she's with Dear Lash Love. She is the first and really I think the inspiration for our industry when it comes to clothing and fashion and all that and really breaking ground and when I look back and I think cuz I I kind of think of myself as a lash historian. I look at all the things that have gone on. I've been in this industry for 15, 16 years. And before Lorena, there wasn't anyone doing anything other than lashes, products, or training. Mm-hmm. Like they were just selling lashes. They had their company were doing at a salon, or they were doing training. No one had done anything beyond that. And then Lorena pops out of nowhere and starts selling T-shirts and other accessories. And, and everyone's like, oh, my gosh. You know, we're, we're legit. We actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like everyone said, we could do something else other than that? That doesn't, wow. <laughs> <laughs> It was very, very cool. And and I know there's been a thousand spinoffs since. There's all these people. And I think everyone needs to give you a nod saying you were the one that kind of ventured out first and took the shot and did something out of the box and still are doing things, I think, out of the box. And You're really the helping very her. first. Yeah. So, so congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That is crazy to think about because it feels like it was so long ago. It was like 2014 when I came up with the idea of like, wait, why are there not lash t-shirts? Yeah. Or the beauty industry and why are they not cute and trendy and it was just a whim idea and here i am now however many years later still making lash t-shirts and somehow i'm still coming up with lash quotes they just <laughs> they come to me in my sleep yeah. i mean i could do it all day i love it so much but yeah thank you for that sweet introduction yeah <laughs> i mean i know there's always this worry like with podcasting or even with posting i'm always thinking about something i have to create but like you just said, it, once you get doing it, it gets easier and easier where you don't worry anymore. I'm guessing for you, right? When you're thinking about, oh, what am I going to do in the next three months? You're not like panicking and sweating with, uh, you know, because you've been doing it for seven years now at least, right? Yeah. I mean, I do still panic a little bit, which <laughs> I think is a good sign because yeah. it shows that I'm that I'm still in it. But I really love it so much. Like going back to what you said about Back in 2000, you know, I started lashing in 2013 Mm. and then a couple years into it realized 
I didn't really have anything. Like I'm a big clothes girl. Fashion has always been my thing. I attempted fashion school. I dropped out because I couldn't stay focused. <laughs> Tesla's a and FDIM also. FIDM. FIDM, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think I was too young at the time too. I was mm. 22. So my head just wasn't in it, but I've always loved fashion. And so once I got into lashing, really enjoyed that, loved the beauty side of the industry. I just, every day I kept waking up and struggling with what to wear to work. And that was, it was as easy as that is I wanted something to wear to work that people would look at, see it, read it, ask me a question. I could tell them I do lashes and then maybe I could potentially book, you know, a client, but then also have something comfortable. I live in t-shirts. That's my thing, jeans and t-shirts. So I wanted something like that, that women in the industry could wear and that they would feel cute and confident in and you know, you wear the shirt and then you, you go to work and you're lashing and you just, it just makes you feel better. And that's what I've seen from the clothing is like, it makes women feel inspired to like better their business and better their life. And so I still can't believe I've been doing it that long, but I've always been very into fashion and I just love creating new things. And I think at that time, when I came up with the idea everybody was already tackling the products. There was, you know, the Borboletta, there was EBL, there was Lash Affair, there was Sugar Lash, there was Bella Lash. There was like this main hub of brands that were in at that time, quote unquote, successful. Mm -hmm. And for me, I didn't want to even tap into that. I didn't even want to attempt that. I wanted to do something different. And I think that's what worked is that it was very complimentary to these other Mm -hmm. brands. And I think that that did work in my favor is that I wasn't competing with Mm -hmm. them. I was on their team. Mm -hmm. And I really do think that that's what helped my business grow so much is that for one, it was unique, but two, I wasn't competing with anyone. I was really everybody's best friend and still am, you know, it's like, we're on the same page here. (laughs) So they were compliment. Yeah, it, you were a compliment. It makes sense. And in this industry where everyone's a little bit competitive and all that to be able to be, and I think it's kind of what we've done. I mean, we've been able to kind of bridge, walk the line between all these brands, be connected to them because we're not really competing with them. I mean, they're not trying to become big podcasters. <laughs> so, but that said, exactly uh, uh, for you to be able to do that and see that. And I think our industry just breathe a breath of fresh air. Cause I think like you noticed, I'm guessing is immediately after you did it, people were just like, finally, like finally someone built something that I could wear. And what a great idea to say, I could wear this and people can ask me questions and it's really marketing. Right. You're now creating a message that you can connect with the people walking around. It's actually pretty cool. And you can feel good about yourself. I mean, how many people post online photos of them wearing your shirts, tagging you? It's got to be crazy. And that's how I feel good. It still makes me so happy to see. Again, it's like, I love doing it. I can't say that I was super passionate about lashing, but it's what brought me to where I needed to be. And I love the industry for different reasons. And I respect lash artists where, you know, lashing, that is their craft. That's their passion. That's their way of making money. Like I love that. And I'm here to help them do that in a different way. So I'm not necessarily selling them a tweezer, but I'm, you know, selling them the t-shirt. And then also, you know, what came from it was that people were interested in all of a sudden, you know, how I had done it and who I was as a person. Back when I had launched it, I wasn't really, you know how Instagram was in 2015. It wasn't what it is now. People weren't on their Instagrams talking and showing their face. So it was at that time, it was just clothing. It was just about the clothing. And that was great. And I remember Kim from Borbaletis, I think it was 2000, 
17. She's like, you need to show people who you are. You're, you're actually a lash artist. You have a great personality. Like people need to know who you are more. And so I kind of put myself out there. And then I feel like that's when it really, really took off because I started opening up more of this is how I did it. I also do lashes. I'm juggling both. I don't know how I'm doing it, but here you go. Here's follow along. And so it went from a clothing brand to then being more of like a lifestyle brand, I guess is what you would call it where I share, okay, these are the tweezers I'm using. This is the adhesive. I like, this is the blazer I put with my shirt. Uh, this is my studio and how you can decorate it. And it just kind of came full circle where now here I am. And a lot of what I am passionate about now is yes, the t-shirt, but it's really I love connecting with women in the industry. Like that is what I really, really enjoy is talking with women on Instagram, making these connections and like being their best friend. I mean, I get messages all the time of like, how do I do this? How do I do that? I'm really struggling. I need help. Can you look at my website? And I answer all the questions personally. And that's actually from, you know, all the changes from last year, like what I've come to love the most about my business is in, I really do want to inspire women. And I want it to be a thing that they look at and they see that it can be done. I don't want to be the person that's up on this pedestal. I want to be right there with them as their like go-to girl. Yeah. And you, by the way, have successfully created that. Cause I think I told you like a month ago when we talked I mentioned that I have a focus group when we talked about brands and when everyone talked about your brand, that's exactly how they labeled you. Like, You're like the everyone's best girl friend. next door, the you best know, friend. I can trust her. The, the older sister who's there to yeah. support them. Yeah. And you've created this kind of persona that people absolutely love and Resonate adore with, and know. connect with. And while everyone had different opinions about other brands, it was universally, you were like, okay, but there's, then there's Lorena and what she's doing and that's special. And so I think anyone who's not yet following you and maybe there's a few people out there that don't know, they should be because you are kind of like this open book and it is a, like a diary into your life, right? When you do your thing, yeah. you probably post more in your stories than most people I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I always tell people, I'm like, don't take after me. Yeah. Don't do what, look at what I'm doing and make it your own, but please don't post as many stories as me. Yeah. You yeah. know, this is my full-time job now. So it's, it's very different. Most of the women that I'm talking to are still juggling. They're in that room and they're trying to mm-hmm. navigate their social media, which is so, so hard. And I always tell them you don't have to do both, but let's figure out a way to balance it. But don't, don't put so much pressure on yourself, especially because I don't want them to look at someone like me and say, Oh, I need to be doing what she's doing. That's what I don't want is I, I, like you said, like in the focus group, like I do want to be relatable. I'm just being myself. I don't wear fancy clothes. I don't have a ton of money. My studio isn't the most glamorous studio in the world. Like I'm just being myself. And I think that's what is relatable is that most women are just like me. Absolutely. So when we talked about doing this, I I forget, I think it was late last year and we were sharing a little bit and you've been going through a lot of changes. 2020 for everyone was a year of change. It was a year where nothing, I mean, I know people have left the industry just because they said, you know what, after doing this for five years, 10 years, one year, whatever it's been, decided lashes weren't for me. I was just doing it because I was doing it. And then I've met other people who've doubled down, tripled down and re-pivoted and said, I'm going to be this or that. So it's been a big year of soul searching 
asking what do you really value? What do you want to be? What do I want to be when I grow up? Those type of questions, <laughs> right? And so finally, people are, are making a lot of moves and you did a lot of changes in your life. Some were intentional, some were not so intentional, but I just thought it would be great to sit down and talk about the big changes in your life and how you work through them because I think a lot of people right now, as we move into really almost getting in the middle here of 2021, some people might be wondering, did I make the right move? It, was it okay for me to change? Did I quit? Should I just keep pushing through? Or or maybe we're still wishing they could make that change, but just feel a lot of pre social pressure that I have to perform and pretend to be this because that's what my parents or my boyfriend or my kids or whatever, my friends all think of me. So I just thought it'd be good to talk about change. And that's kind of like the theme today, since you kind of epitomize it with your life this last year and how you work through it. And hopefully we'll throw out some encouragement and help our listeners as they work through these same things that we all do. They, well, you're yeah. a role model. Yeah. So let's real quick, maybe share a few of the changes that you've made in the last year, because it's not just like one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would first say that the biggest change I made was really figuring out what do I actually want to do? Because I felt like I was really, really busy. I was lashing full time. I was busy with that. I had my online business that was quote unquote really successful. I was trying to do the social media for that, designing the t-shirts, doing the photo shoots. I also had a really successful podcast and I was trying to balance that. And it on it felt like too much. I was not as happy as I am now. And I had to remove things and really figure, well, I don't think I got a chance to figure it out. <laughs> I think it was just life like everyone else hits you and all of a sudden you're like, okay, shit, am I happy? What am I doing? What's going on? Where do I really want to put my focus? And I feel like that happened for a lot of people last year. It's like, we didn't get a choice or we didn't really get to make our own decisions. Yeah. You know, the world shut down and we were all just forced to sit. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I feel like I had so many good changes that happened last year, but that's really hard for me to say because I know that that's not how our industry was hit so hard. And I, I felt that directly because what I was selling was based on the fact that these women were working. Yeah. And so to go back a little bit, the beginning of March, I had to get a, a disc replacement in my neck. I had hurt my neck and it was off and on. I was like working through it. And my doctor's like, you can't be doing that. Basically the only way that you're going to get feeling back in your arm and your neck is if you get this surgery. So I got the surgery two days before the shutdown, not knowing obviously. And so I was already on my ass and had to recover from that. And then I was laying in bed and all this stuff was happening around me, but I wasn't as focused on that because I was just trying to heal. Mm. And so I already was not taking clients, obviously pulling back from work because I was trying to recover from this major surgery. And then once I pulled out of that, I realized what was going on around me and my natural state is just to keep going. And when I didn't have that option, that's kind of when I did freak out a little bit. I remember like being out on my patio and I'm like writing a blog and a newsletter to send out to people and telling them I'm there for them. And I was like, wait, is my business going to fail? Like, this is a huge possibility that my t-shirt sales will completely go to shit. My t-shirt club that I have that people love so much, these women aren't lashing anymore. Why would they stay? It would be the first thing to go in my opinion, you know? And so I really had a hard time with that for sure. But I was also struggling with the fact that seeing these women be out of jobs mm -hmm. and not knowing what to do. And truthfully, 
I had done a really good job at saving money and making sure I was financially secure for a time like that. I had already been prepping for my surgery. You know, these were things that I had been taking care of over the years. I was like, always told myself I had to have savings and I had to do all these things just in case. And I know for a lot of women that they didn't have that same luxury. That was just painful. I think to go through with them is I just felt pretty helpless. And I felt like as a role model, I needed to be there and to pump them up. But I was also recovering from neck surgery, also going through the shutdown with them and thinking my business might completely just go kaput. So I guess those were some major changes in itself. (laughs) Yeah. Neck surgery and the thought of closing your business. What was the response? Did you see people dropping out or was it one of those things where people were like kind of thinking about it or did it, did it just kind of like just slow down for a bit? How did business go for you? Cause I've heard from other lash brands. At least I know a couple said literally last year was a huge loss for them. Like they just, they won't publicly announce that, but they just like, no, nah, right. it was a horrible right. year for them. And then there's others that it's been crazy year and they don't talk about it because no one wants to say, Hey, by the way, we almost went out of business, but Of course. But I mean, that's look at the world around us. That's the reality. What I will say is probably wasn't the healthiest thing for me to do, but I was like, all right, brace yourself. Let's do this. And I connected more with people. I found ways to keep them staying. Uh, My subscription, my club, like it did stay afloat. Yeah, it dipped, it ebbed and flowed, but, and it's definitely the numbers aren't where they were at the beginning, which is to be expected. It's I've had it for three years, but What I did was figure out, okay, how can I get them to stay? (laughs) Is that offering them something else that they can use? Is it offering coaching? Um, Maybe I need to start blogging more. I was just, instead of thinking, oh no, my business is going to crumble. I just kept thinking, okay, how can I give them more? That's great. More for their money. Okay. They're spending this 25 bucks a month. Okay. What else can I give them? so that they'll stay. And hopefully like they'll still wear the shirt and it'll boost their spirits. And that's when I kind of came up with the idea because so many people were reaching out to me of what do I do? I feel lost. I don't know what to do. What do I do with my business? How do I reach out to my clients? Should I start an online shop? I thought, okay, I should just start offering coaching for this. I didn't know what I was doing. I've never really claimed to know what I'm doing. I've just always just kind of done. And the most natural thing for me to do in that moment was, okay, offer really deep discounted one-on-one coaching for women who, if they just need to get on a call with somebody and talk it out, okay, I'm here. And so that kind of helped my business stay Mm -hmm. too, because maybe they weren't going to keep their t-shirt subscription because they aren't lashing, but they do really need business advice or life advice. Yeah. That's support. I hate to use the word pivot because I feel like last year was like, everybody should just pivot. Right. Like just, (laughs) I was telling my fiance this morning, I was like, I really don't want to say pivot and adjust because some people are like, screw you. Like I don't have the energy to pivot or adjust. I don't have that building. But for me, it's just how I've always worked. That's why I'm a business owner. I just don't know any other way than to figure it out. It's how I've been my entire life is thinking about life changes or, you know, relationship fails or issues with jobs and not knowing where to go and what direction I've just always just kept moving. I've never really stopped to think I just do. And that's just how I, I, just how I work. Yeah. Yeah, It's how I'm wired. It sounds like you just took whatever you had, which was, you know, at first it was, you know, the t-shirts, you know, and now the t-shirt situation may be a little unstable, but you have a lot of people connecting with you desperate for 
some reassurance and some guidance. And it's like you took that and you ran with it. You just doubled down on what you had and you turned it into a business. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly it. And I knew that had that been me in their place, that's all I would have wanted is like, can I just get on the phone with someone and have them tell me, yes, it's going to be okay or no, or hey, let me show you a way that's worked for me. I would have loved to have had a person like that when I was first starting out in the beauty industry. So I just felt like, okay, I'm sitting here. I'm in lockdown. I can't go anywhere. I might as well utilize my time and do something that I really think or know that can be helpful for other women. I think what's cool is that you went your first, maybe it wasn't your first thought, but the idea is to give more value. I think it's really a key there. And I think for people who are struggling, even now today, if you hit a lull, you hit a low moment, something's not working, things aren't going well. I think the default setting you need to try to get your mind to go to is like, well, then how can I give more value to my clients? How can I entice them more? Because maybe you're not the best lash artist yet. Maybe you're not the best marketer, right? You're not like killing it on Instagram, but you have something you can give. You have more of something you can give. You can give little side treatments. You can give a you extended bonus treatment out of the blue saying, Hey, I'm going to give you this little mini facial as a bonus, whatever you can do to endear yourself to people more so that they'll want to be loyal and stay with you. I think it's something that you did. I know for us, we had to do that with LashCon. I had a bunch of people had tickets to LashCon who paid full price. I didn't want to have to give refunds to everyone because I knew that would be really hard on us because we had no income too coming from anything else. So we said, you know what? You get this year's ticket and next year's ticket and you get our six webinars for free. And we just started throwing everything in the pan just saying, guys, I just want to give you as much value that you don't come back to me saying, give me back my $800, $900 back. Because at that point, I, it, I could do it. It was gone. Yeah, but it was gone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> I know. It was, I didn't know where else money was going to come from. So I was like, man, if I start refunding everyone, this is going to get really, really tight. And thankfully, you know, some people did. I think we had probably, you know, about 20, 30% asked for further refunds. We did it. But thankfully, the others said, we'll stay in the, for the ride with you. We'll do this. We'll, we'll like to get two LashCons tickets for a price of one. So, Right. And I think that that's great that they were supportive of your business, too. And I think it's like we were talking about earlier, this industry really is so small. And so yeah. let's do what we can to help each other out. Like, hey, I'm going to give you two LashCon tickets for me. Hey, you want an extra shirt? Fine, I'll give you an extra yeah. shirt. Like, I was willing to do whatever, however, to make sure that I was okay financially and that my community was okay. Because truthfully, I would not be in business without lash artists. I just wouldn't. Would I have some other thing that I'd be doing? Sure. But I realized that this is all because of the lash industry. Mm -hmm. So I'm so grateful for that. And I'm grateful that it's continued. But that again, brought me back to, okay, how can I give them more? And I remember my fiance being like, okay, you need to chill out. (laughs) (laughs) This is not the time to be trying to come up with a new idea. And, you know, all these people like during the pandemic, it's like, start your blog and start a new business. And most of the time, I really just want to be like, make sure you're okay first. Yeah. Yeah. And just give it a little bit of time. But I respect that you guys had to, I mean, everybody's had to go through it. Like, I can't imagine what you two have had to go through. And again, like I said, I feel even, yeah, last year was really hard, but it was also really a really great year too Mm -hmm. for me. And so it's hard for me to say that it was so challenging. It was definitely different, but I've had way harder years Hmm. than last year. Wow. (laughs) I mean, and that's just, 
I like, I'll just be honest. It's like, my life is not just about lashes and it's not, you know, it's like I've had past relationships and I've had friendship failures and I've had right before I went to esthetician school, I graduated esthetician school. I picked up, packed all my bags and moved to LA. And that was one of the hardest years of my life. And Mm so last year, I think what brought me comfort is having a partner that I love that was supportive of me. And that wasn't going anywhere. And so throughout all that chaos, I had that stability. And that's what made the year completely bearable for me. Yeah, I mean, I know for us, we got to hang out a lot. I know. Dustin and I was like, it was actually really fun. Like every time with our family, which we just we just got to decompress yeah. and you know not right. be so busy and, and our kids are that, yeah 21 and 25 are ones in the house and they're moving out any day now i mean as soon as this covid's over i mean it's it's over and so for me i felt like this is our last hurrah we got a year to reconnect with our kids be together and just be a family knowing that this is really what matters ultimately is those that you love i completely agree and just like you said of being so busy i felt like i was so busy my fiance travels for work. He works in the NBA. And obviously that was shut down. Mm. And I never would have gotten that time. Like he's traveling a ton. So we would not have gotten the year that we got. It brought us closer than ever. I'm now pregnant. Who knows if I would have gotten pregnant because he's always (laughs) on the road. (laughs) I feel grateful for that time that I got with him because it, it just solidified our relationship even more. And so yes, the work stuff was hard, but what I've learned through all of this is work is not everything to me. And at the beginning of my business, and I'm sure people have noticed it. If you're following along with my journey, it's like, I will always be a workhorse, but five years ago was different than it is now. Five years ago, I wasn't in a relationship that I felt fulfilled in. And I wasn't in a stage of my life that I felt happy in. And what I did was I turned to work And that's how I grew my business is because I stayed here late hours. I didn't go home. I just like hungered down. And now that I'm in a different headspace, work isn't my number one. And I think that that's okay to admit. It's also hard to admit that like, maybe you care a little bit less than you used to about your job. I think that's okay. Absolutely. And that's, I think it's something that hopefully everyone got from 2020 is this (laughs) idea that work doesn't have to be all you do. I think the hustle culture that we've been promoting and I know I've been guilty of promoting that. I realized after last year, I'm like, I'm done promoting that world. I mean, yes, if you want to build a business and do some things like, I don't know if you, Mike and Shauna from Live Bay, you're not yeah. going to just do that working 20 hours a week. Right. They're taking over the world with their company. And that takes a lot of time. That's great. And I was actually thinking about in the shower. I said, if you want to be successful, you have to think realistically, yeah. is what I'm putting in going to equal what I actually want. Mm. So if I want to create this brand new product or I want to come up with this innovative, you know, lash tweezer, if I'm putting five hours in of time a week on that, is it really going to uh, become what I am like hoping that it's going to become? You have to be realistic with yourself. What can you actually bring to the table How are you actually going to be dividing your time? Are you willing to blood, sweat, and tears into all of that to get to where you want to go? Mm -hmm. And I think it's okay to admit that maybe you don't. Yeah. (laughs) I hope that's inspiring. You know, it's just real. It's, I think that that's relatable is I love my business. I am passionate about what I do. I could do this all day, every day if I wanted to, but I've had to check myself and realize you know what? I'm actually a better person when I pull back a little bit. Mm -hmm. And if that means I'm making a little bit less money, but I'm able to be a good 
partner and have a baby and be able to make dinner for my fiance. Like those are the things that I want instead. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that I'm not hustling. And that's why I think we need to redefine this industry. And I guess it is, what is your end game? What do you want? What are you trying right. to build? And I know for us, it's changed a little bit this last year because I pretty much back in the days when I had a slot, I worked 80 hours a week. Just no question. That was just what you did. I woke yes, up early, worked all night because I wanted to do everything I could to take care of our team. And then we were starting to build a podcast and other things too on the side, which, you know, nothing just is a few minutes. It's like, also you start adding that little extra thing. It's like, oh, well, that took five hours. I thought it'd take me 30 minutes. Always. <laughs> always takes, I always have a saying, it always takes longer, always, always costs more. Always costs more. Yeah. <laughs> so, but at the end, if you think you're in game, like I just want to work 20 hours a week and be home when my kids get home at three o'clock and be available for them. Well then don't feel bad that you don't have this $200 million lash empire, because that's not what you're trying to build. You're building a business that allows you to be home. So when your kids get home or maybe you do want that, whatever it is, it's okay, but just know, but don't be disappointed. you're exactly right. You only get the exact company that you deserve. Right. Cause you intentionally, you do either intentionally or unintentionally build it. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I think it's confusing because I think women, women and men, but my, my demographic is like 95% women, which I love. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's confusing because initially you say, oh, I just, I just want my lash business and I'm just going to lash and I'm going to go home and I want free time to be able to pick up my kids, but then you get busier and the money starts coming in and yeah. then you want more money and then you're too busy to pick your kids up. And then you're also dabbling in social media because you're noticing that you're getting more clients that way. And then you're looking around and you're seeing what other people are doing. And then you want more, 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 more. Yeah. And that's the confusing part is if you don't actually know when you're not like steadfast in what your goals are and what you want to be doing, it can throw you off track. Yeah. It can take over your life. Right. I mean, there, the it can, it's never ending. Mm -hmm. You, you both know that the work is never done. I could sit here for all week and still not be caught up. Yep. And that's just the reality of it. And so at some point, you just have to remember, okay, wait, what was my goal in the, in the first place? Yeah. What's your North star? Yeah, exactly. And not forgetting that. And that's a lot of times when I'm coaching women is why do you want to open a new salon? Oh, well just to expand. Okay. But why mm -hmm. just to make my business to grow it, yeah. but okay. But do you actually want that? And what does that even mean? Does that mean more money or is it more headaches? Is it more hours? Like you, you have two kids, you just had a baby. Like, what do you actually want? And I think that's what I, I do love about coaching is years ago when I went to school, I wanted a psychology degree mm -hmm. and I love, I just love picking people's brains. And I love having that moment with them of like, do you actually want that? Or is it, you just think that you want that because you're seeing that that's what other people are doing mm -hmm. because honestly it's a headache. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I learned too. This past year is like, I like just dealing with myself and I have a few girls that work for me that are part-time and they do their thing and they know what to do. And I get to focus on what makes me happy and I can show up for this podcast if I want to, or I can say, you know, I don't want to do the podcast. And I think that's what I took from the year too, is like, okay, really figuring out what makes me happy. But with that being said, being mindful and respectful of other people, because I do feel like what I saw was a lot of like, put your own mask on first. And yes, I agree with that. 
but don't screw people over in the meantime, you know, like this isn't like fend for yourself and you just like get out the way. Like we still have to take care of each other. So like you had mentioned earlier, I had a really successful podcast, like what I deemed to be successful. And this is a perfect example. Okay. Successful podcast. We had a million downloads. What does that even mean though? (laughs) What does that even mean? Because when I looked at it, I didn't know what the end goal was for it. Hmm. All I knew is I enjoyed it and it was bringing exposure to my brand. And that's why I wanted to do the podcast. It wasn't for money because we weren't really making money. Yeah. The ads don't pay a lot. No, (laughs) no. And quite honestly, the ads are what made me enjoy podcasting a lot less because Hmm. now all of a sudden I was having to do these ads and record ads weekly and then make sure those were right. And then I was having to report back to someone else instead of again, doing what I wanted to do. And so that podcast, like while it was so successful and everybody loved it and wanted more, 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 I could feel myself internally. Like, I think I might explode. I don't know how to keep Mm. up with this. I couldn't do that and work on my business and be like a present partner. You know, I just didn't feel like I could catch up. And unfortunately, like that podcast ended actually not because of me wanting to end it, but do I feel relief? Yeah. Because I have time back that I I actually really needed. You guys know podcasting is, is a lot and I could only give one day a week to that. And that already felt like too much. Hmm because it was already pulling away from just like my personal life and my, my own business that I had started before that. So I don't know where I was going with that, but (laughs) I think it was just to go back to the, like, what is success? Do you really want it? Or do you want it because other people want it? You know? And that's kind of like, I hope that that's reassuring too. Like, yes, I had this successful podcast, but what is it even for? You know, obviously it was for helping women, inspiring women, but I felt like I was drowning a little bit by doing it. All this expectation on you to perform and do stuff. And I think a lot of times we get caught in those traps when we work in our businesses, we feel this pressure with clients. Like with Tusney has right now raised her prices to try to shed some clients because she's only working three days a week because she's consulting elsewhere. But right. we still feel this expectation sometimes when someone comes back and it's been gone because COVID people are now beginning to come back and they're like, oh, I want to get in. And I'm like, okay, we'll work a fourth. We'll work another day. Like right now she's working six days a week because she's three days consulting, three days lashing. And just this is a temporary thing until we <clears throat> things kind of move in the next month or two, go back to normal more like five days. But that said, I've been tempted at times saying, hey, Tess, I think we should take some people on Sundays because they I really know. want in. I know. And that's just for them now. It's not really because we need the money. No, and it's I know. <laughs> they've asked and it's there and you think, I can do it. And that's the industry is we are so used to taking care of other people. Yeah. And, oh, I'll just, it's good money. Let's be real. Yeah. So I remember feeling that of like, well, how could I turn that down? Yeah, but, exactly. But at some point, you know, you've got to remember your boundaries because you'd be working. I was working seven days a week. I just wanted the money, yeah. you know, so I get it, especially right now. And that's that's something I think a lot of artists are going to have to figure out is, you know, especially being down for so long. Like, OK, how do I put myself back into that mm-hmm. without killing my body and killing myself Yeah. Um, for my clients? Yeah. And I think if people don't know the the podcast was Beauty Biz BFFs. If, if you guys uh-huh. hadn't been listening, uh, you definitely, it's still online, right? I think you can still go back and see I it. I think so. Yeah, I think it is. It really was, I believe, the biggest Lash podcast. I know mean, it wasn't specifically Lash, but it was Lash-related yeah. podcasts in the industry. Uh, you guys 
were just killing it. And for you to feel you get in a hamster wheel where I feel like you just feel like you had to just keep producing and producing. And then you guys started doing the, 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 not just the, the homework you'd give them like these four or five page. Yes. Workbooks. Workbooks. Mm-hmm. that were like, It's not something you just make in two minutes. Like it was a lot of stuff that you guys were producing. I just kept feeling like, man, your hamster wheel is getting spinning faster getting and bigger faster. bigger and bigger and you're running in and now, Yeah. That, and that was my own, again, too. Like, what else can I give? What else yeah. can I give? And maybe that's just like my own, maybe I need to go to therapy over that. Because like, <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to give it all up, you know? But I just felt like people are struggling. We got to give them more. Let's yeah. give them a workbook. And that workbook was, was a ton of work. Yeah. And it just, it was, I think the podcast was great because it was like a little bit of business, a little bit of beauty, some, some tips, but it was just mostly our banter. That was great. Yeah. And I think that's what made it unique, but she's off doing her, her own thing. And I'm doing my own thing. And we talked about it earlier. It's like, I've never really had a breakup where I didn't really know what happened. I mean, look, no, no breakup is clean. Obviously something had to have happened, but it didn't have to happen the way that it did. And I wish for me that I would have been able to say, Hey guys, we're not doing this podcast anymore. Thank you so much for supporting. So if anyone's listening (laughs) that was listening to that podcast, like, thank you. It wasn't my decision, but do I wish that it would have continued? Not necessarily Hmm. because I think it was eating at both of us. Yeah. And that's where I can look in the mirror and check myself and also be empathetic to the other person of like, they were probably going through their own stuff. And it's really hard working as a duo when you're running two different businesses and living two different lives. Yeah. It's hard being married and doing it, you know? So when you're trying to coordinate schedules and you're trying to like, you're going through your stuff, they're going through their stuff, you know, shit happens. It is what it is. But for me, I wish that there would have been some closure with it. And I still feel like there's not. And I, I, that's a feeling that I don't like, I never wanted to disappoint anyone. So it wasn't on me to end it. It's okay. It's out of my control at this point, but I'm hoping that I give enough advice and tips on my Instagram that that that's okay for now. And I've thought about possibly doing podcasting again. Mm -hmm. I just don't know, but (laughs) I feel like there's a part of my voice that's missing now, right? Mm -hmm. Because Instagram people do feel that it gets draining and they, they don't want to be totally immersed in it. Whereas a podcast, you know, you can pop it on when you're driving in the car. And I do miss that I mean, I won't have anyone to banter with, but hmm. people have said like, we miss hearing you. Yeah. Absolutely. So we'll see. Well, I got to have a baby first. Yeah. <laughs> you said that's just so eloquently. I know that so many people are wondering like what happened. And I just want to share with um, people just how proud we are of you as a professional. We know what it's like to have major disappointments that are out of your control and not be able to share that with people because you care about the other person and you care about how the world perceives them. And so lots of times when people are angry and and saying what's going on, you always chose the high road, Loretta. And that comes at a cost. You ate humble pie and you were professional and you were somebody to be admired how you how you walk through this and i'm just going to tell our listeners that you have a lot of integrity and you have a lot of self-control and you have a lot of grace and we're proud of you for that thank you thank I, you i think for me looking at this i'm always trying to think well for our listeners like oh what's the takeaways from this well the, i think one of the big ones is partnerships are not easy 
working with someone other than yourself is, is always going to be a struggle. I mean, Tuss and I, we've had struggles over like, how do we deal with this problem in the business? And I'll have it my way. And then she'll like, oh, you don't like my opinions always. You know, like there's always this like, there's always, it's always conflict. Going to be conflict. There's it's, always a give and take. It's just part of life and you got to embrace it and just realize that they're not going to be easy. I think we see on Instagram and social media, people living their best life ever. And we think, oh man, I wish I had a partner like that. And it's just so easy. It looks like it's just so natural. And then you realize no, it's not. Every day is a new day, new struggles, new problems. And then things like this happen where someone just walks away, right? You have to have both parties have to be willing to communicate, right? And if somebody in that equation, like if I stop talking to you, it's just like, what are you going to do, I'd be, right? I'd, I'd be okay with that. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, I'm just saying that. But I mean, that's yeah. really what it is, though, is if yeah. one person just goes away. Yeah. You could say, Hey, let's talk. Let's talk. They don't want to talk and yeah. they don't want to talk. But what I will say is like, I love Casey. Yeah. We never had, we actually, we never had issues. Like yeah. I am fully transparent with that. Like there wasn't behind the scenes, like where like we drama. were. No, we, yeah. no, we're like very tight. I think the year is wild and it did weird things to people. Yeah. And that's all I can say. Like, was it handled the way that I would have done it? No, it would have just been an easy conversation where you say, you know what? This isn't working for me anymore. I can't do it anymore. I want to do my own thing. Cool. All right. Love you. We'll still see you tomorrow, probably. <laughs> so yeah, I don't have anything. I don't have anything bad to say. Like, yeah. it's just people go in different directions. And I think it was inevitable. Like, like I said earlier, I don't think I would have been able to keep up and I don't want to have that feeling. And so for anyone listening, it's like, if you're feeling like you're drowning a little, like, figure out what's going on. Yeah. Slow down. Yeah. Slow <laughs> down and, and take some things off the table. Yeah. And it's okay. Um, you're not a failure because you're doing less. All of a sudden you're doing the things that you think are most important that were going to bring you joy and bring you happiness. And that might be a much scaled down version of what you've been doing in the past. Right. I'm all for it. Yeah. Another thing too, I just want to encourage people because we have this thing in our industry where we love to avoid difficult conversations I mean, when we had our staff, it was hard for us. We did not like coming down, sitting down with someone going, okay, I need to talk to you about something. And then you talk about the issue. It sucked because you could yeah. tell they would start wilting. They would start, you could see them feeling bad. Like, you don't oh, want them to I, feel bad. And I, no one wants anyone to feel bad, but we had to have these conversations and we got better at it after, I think in the first years, we just didn't do it. We just pretended like nothing bad happened. Like, oh, we'll just ignore it. Like nothing happened. We'll just be really nice. Yeah, be super nice to them. And maybe we'll yeah. win them back. And it never worked. So we began to realize you just have to confront it. And I think though in our industry, and I just want to encourage people who are listening that if you have something that's not working out or you need to make a change, don't ghost people. Just talk to the person. We had people leave our salon without even telling us they left. Like I was joking with Lorraine beforehand. We had yeah. one person leave. Well, we kind of had a feeling something. It was yeah. There was disengagement. So we'd keep saying, hey, is everything okay? And be like, yeah, I'm just laying low. You always know. Thing. Yeah, you know. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah. And then, and then one we day. walk in. There's a note on her, on her chair says, I quit. And that was it. I mean, it was obviously <laughs> her communication to us. It was like, seriously, oh, you just said on. I'm leaving. And I would be like, okay, no big deal. But she felt bad. She felt probably like she was betraying us and felt like, oh, I don't want to do it, let them down. So instead, she just disappeared. I mean, it just that wasn't the way oh, to do it. That's so common, though. They, yeah. Just <laughs> ghost. I mean, that's very common. It Well, I we joked about it earlier. It was yeah. like, Maybe I did that when I was 19. Mm -hmm. Like, oops, I slept through my alarm and yeah. I'm just not going to go back. I'm just not going to call that job. I'm just, yeah. just going to, oh, well, I guess, well, I guess it's done. Time for a new know? job. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. Whatever. Yeah. My bed. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's like hard conversations are uncomfortable, especially when 
you feel like you might offend someone, or maybe they're going to say something to you that you don't want to hear. But at the end of the day, I, for me, I want to walk away from a situation feeling like it's closed out. We are good. If I see that person on the streets, we can smile and move on. And that goes for, for anything in life, any kind of relationship. Like I said earlier, yeah, look out for you, but also look out for other people too. You know, you can't just be focused on like, I'm just going to do what's best. I'm going to do what's best for me. Okay. I think that's fantastic, but be mindful of the people around you. You're in a community. I think we were almost overcorrected to this point where people have abandoned themselves forever. It feels like now they're like, I'm going to do everything for me, me, me. To the point where it's like, screw all you, I'll never do anything again for anyone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they're so mad. They're, they're so, so mad. <laughs> you know, fried about serving other people. Just like, you know, and always being like last. Yeah. Forget it. Yeah. It's all about me. Yeah. I, I mean, and this goes, this is like a perfect example for clients. Is I remember, uh, you know, breaking up with clients is so hard to do. <laughs> and I would dread it. I would avoid it. And I would take on this person day after day and finally have to have that hard conversation. I remember one specific client having to tell her, I really do think you are so great, but we are not a good fit anymore. And I wish you the best, but I can't take you as a client. And that was the most difficult message for me to send. And then she sent something back of what could she do to be better? And I just (laughs) wanted to, I wanted to crumble because she didn't understand. And I just had to say, I don't know. You aren't the person that you used to be. And I just can't be around you anymore. Oh no! But I had to have that conversation. I could have easily have just ignored her when she asked for an appointment or, you know, but like you have to grow up Mm -hmm. you have to have difficult conversations with people, whether it's clients, boyfriends, husbands, best friends, whatever it may be. Doing that, learning that skill in your business and life in general, like you said, is uh, one of the most important skills you'll get because it really is instead of avoiding things, which only get worse when you avoid them. They just always get worse. I rarely see in my life when well, we avoided that problem and it just went away on its own. It's almost like it's, it's a monster. It needs to be fed. And if you don't feed it, it just gets louder and louder and louder. Or baby, I should say. Yeah. Baby or monster, same thing. Uh, <laughs> but that said, I think that was a difficult conversation. So if you really want to be a, a business owner and mature business owner, learning that skill is not a natural one. And the only way you get better at it is by doing it. Just, just- Communication is key. If you don't know how to communicate, it's going to be very, very hard to run a business. Yeah. And that's just something I've had to work at. It is not something that, you know, I was just born with this great skill of communication. No, I've gone to therapy. I do internal work. Like this is something that's important to me to work on. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Going back to lashing, if I were to compare to that, like, yes, focus on getting better at lashing or whatever skill set you have, but also the internal work of, okay, how can I be a better professional, a better communicator? How can I be a leader for my clients? And that might mean having those hard conversations or setting up those boundaries, whether it's online booking or using your emails instead of text messaging. I mean, I just think it's so important to give off that. I don't want to say fake it till you make it, but you need to give off that aura that you are in control of the situation but that you have integrity, that you respect your clients, that you know how to communicate and in turn, like people will respect you. Yeah, absolutely. Real quick, kind of looking back at this last year, is there anything now looking at now we have a little bit more clarity? Like I could have done this a little bit differently. I could have changed this a little bit differently. 
or you oh, do man. feel like overall, like, you know, what? I did the best I could with what well, I was given. Well, I think she shared one of the key things, but it was out of her control was that, yeah. you know, she'd wish she had that conversation about the podcast. Right. I mean, yeah, that'd be one of the main thing is like, I just having closure with that, but I don't think that there's personally anything that I could have done differently last year. Yeah. I think we're all just doing the best that we can. My goal with last year was just to stay afloat, just like anyone else, but to also stay true to myself and and remind myself of what makes me happy. And truthfully, I wouldn't change anything. So I hope that the the takeaway from this podcast is, for one, people get to know me a little bit more and they'll hopefully follow along with the journey. But understanding that, you know, it's okay to pull back. It's okay to have different goals than maybe you did before. And it's okay to change. I'm a big proponent of changing things when you're not happy. Mm-hmm. I've never stayed in a situation where I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And maybe some people see that as bailing. I don't see it as that. I see it as, okay, this isn't fulfilling me. Do I stay stay put or do I move forward? And I just always choose to move forward. So if you're in a job that you, within reason though, if you're in a job you don't like or most a personal relationship that isn't working for you, like really sit down and figure out, okay, what can I do to make this better? And if it's still not working, I need to get out. And one of my favorite quotes is actually, you're not a tree move. And I love that so much (laughs) because I just see so many women feel stuck. They feel stuck. And I'm like, get up and move. Like you need to, let's keep going. You have more choices than you realize. And yeah, I think we see that a lot with your kids when you tell them something, say, Hey, this isn't working or you need to, well, I can't change it. It's not, it's out of my control. It's my teacher. You know, I'm like, no, no, you have many choices. You're just choosing not to use any of them. And I think that's, man, that's a mindset thing where people really struggle with this idea that you have much more control than you realize in life. I think people tend to want to punt that and blame circumstances, blame this, blame that. It's easy to blame. Even for us, it was easy for us. What first one blame when we close our salon, blame the staff, blame this. And then we really had to look at ourselves and start seeing what we did wrong, acknowledge those things, and then be willing to admit once we could do that, we could change and deal with it and grow as people as opposed to blaming and, and saying it's out of my control. Once you take ownership, then then you can change. Yeah, you really can. So. Yeah. So I hope, uh, you know, I hope women feel, you know, a little bit more encouraged. And to plug myself, you can go to my social media. That's where I share everything. Yeah. I do a, a weekly blog. I share my favorite thing to do is to pull answers from the community. Like, what is your favorite adhesive? What are your favorite tweezers? What is one thing that you can't live without for your business? And because I don't know it all and I want to give these women a voice. Mm -hmm. And if that means that it's me shouting out them and their favorite adhesive that they love and putting it on the blog, that's what I enjoy doing. So you can find tons of tips through my blogs. I mean, I post everything from like, how I decorate my lash space to obviously the t-shirts. I'm always dropping new collections. I have my, my tea club, but my coaching is the one thing that I'm, I'm really, really passionate about. And so it's like, if you do need one-on-one coaching and it can be for anything, I mean, I teach women how to do their Instagram, how to create graphics, how to come up with like a, a schedule so that they feel a little bit more organized, how to blog. I can edit your blog. I mean, I'm basically like the go-to. So if you need any of that, everything's on my website. What? I'm sure you'll plug it. Yeah, yeah. Let's get it's your website. Dear, yeah. <laughs> DearLashLove.com. Cool. And my Instagram is the same. But like I said, it's like I really like for my social media and my online presence to be really, really informative and fun. That's always my goal is how can I make make 
this more of like a destination where people want to come and hang out and browse around. Well, great. No, and I think everyone, if you're not already following her, hopefully, I, I have a feeling most people are. If they're not, please definitely follow Lorena. She definitely gives value. She really just allows you to look behind the curtain every day. You get to see her at home, get to see her at work, get to see her. <laughs> I know you do your, your cleaning facial routines. You do everything. Oh, like yeah. You just do all, all this it. stuff. It's like you're having a best friend, yeah. really, honestly. You get to see yeah. her dog <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and all this fun stuff. So it's it's really, for most people I know, really, really enjoy and feel a lot of value. And it's not, it's not an envy page. That's the thing I like about it. It's not one Love of these pages that. you watch and go, oh, it, it's all about envy. Because there's some people producing content, their that whole goal is to make you feel bad. bad about yourself after yeah. you watch right. it. You never right. have that feeling with you. That's what I don't want. And that'll be like my one little tip is I want to encourage women to obviously not do as I say, not as I do, but don't be afraid to show a little bit of you when you are building your business. People love a personality. They love human connection. So if you're trying to sell something, I want to see you using it. I yeah. want to see you loving it. I want to see you talking about it and just finding that confidence to do that. I mean, for most of you listening, you have clients that come and see you all the time. They love you. They love, they want to hear more. They want more. So give them a little bit. I think that there's a, a professional way to, to do business with a little bit of personal. And that's what I've tried to do yeah. because I think that that's what people want. They want to see a face. Exactly. And I always say it's kind of like Instagram, the, the, at least the stories is like documentarian style filmmaking. You're just right documenting your life and Yes, you, while you may not be selling a brand or products like that, you're still cleaning the studio. You're still prepping things. You're still buying product for your clients. You're still uh, maybe making calls or sending emails to clients. So you can show all that behind the scenes stuff. This is how you take care of your clients. And so actually, I think your clients will appreciate you more like, wow, look at all the cool things she does behind the scenes that make my life better when I come into the salon. I agree. It's fun. I think if, if people could take the pressure off of Instagram, I think it's a great tool. It's free marketing. And I always tell the ladies too, I'm like, it's a story. It's an Instagram story. So what's the story that I want to tell today? And then tomorrow it's a new chapter and we're going to talk about something completely different. Yep. And that's how I like to look at it as it's my story and I can write it however I want. <laughs> exactly. It's your, you're the author of your own story, Yeah. which uh, that's probably a good theme for today. Well, thank you, Lorena, so much for coming on and sharing about this last year, all the crazy stuff. We didn't get everything. I mean, obviously she has a baby coming. She got engaged and, yeah. and all this stuff, but we got, I think, into the stuff I think that maybe other people are dealing with was just business stuff. So I do appreciate that's your openness. That's more important. Yeah, that's yes. been very yes. cool. So We'll have to have you back. I would really love that. I really enjoyed it. So, and I'll have to get a code for you guys too, so that listeners can utilize this. Oh, code. oh love that'd that. be great. Oh yeah, my gosh. absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, I was thinking yeah. we, next time we have you on, we'll have to talk about like, I think the thing that you're like a master at, it's like branding and just messaging and creating stuff that people want to just continue to do. I think that's something that our industry always is struggling with. I mean, people just don't know what to do. They keep mimicking others, but they're not thinking for themselves anymore. I mean, yeah. I, I see so many brands go, oh, you're just copying this brand. You're just copying that brand. But it's like, no, you, you can be you. You don't have to be someone else and copy someone else. So hopefully maybe in the future. <laughs> that would be a great podcast. So we'll have to do that later. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks right. so much, Lorena. It's been awesome. Thank you.
Hey guys, that's a wrap. That's all we got for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at the Last Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my last posse, Tusney, as well as our special guest, Lorena, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. Remember, you have a friend in the lash industry.